All right, and we're back. And I do want to promote, if it's possible, it's my first promotion. And we got an email by, from Laudable Productions uh, during the week. Now, I don't know if you guys know Laudable Productions. You guys know Laudable Productions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you guys know Collider. Mm -hmm. Collider is such an excellent series. And they bring world music to the Valley. They've done a great job, I feel like. Great. Now, they are promoting, um, on August 17th, Barb's in the Woods. It's a brand new global music festival. It's at the Bartlett Farm, and it's from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. All right, and they have all these great acts going on there. That's basically in Montague, Massachusetts. Uh, I actually checked the weather. The weather's going to be really great. So um, well, I'm just looking. Just give that one more time, Norm. So that's Barb's in the Wood. It's at Bartlett Farms in Montague. It's at 1 to 11 this Saturday, okay, mm -hmm. August 17th. And they've got, uh, looks like, well, they only have pictures here and not names, so I can't figure out. But there's a lot of cool-looking people in these pictures, let me tell you. So is it laudable.com? Is that where people can go Laudable for Laudable.productions. Okay, so if you're interested in that music festival, please go to laudable.productions, and you would have a great time, I assure you. All right? Now, folks, we're going to shift our focus now to the chart. Now, the chart is on barbarianinthevalley.com. Also, just want to note... We, my, Robin and I are trying to figure out a name for the second hour that's different from the first hour because now this actually goes to trust as well. The first hour is of a certain thing. It's a certain thing that's not necessarily true of the second hour. I'm trying to build trust with the people who would like the first hour and the people who like the second hour. They are different enough now and distinct enough that I don't want their podcast feed being both. Because then people are like, well, I like the first hour, I don't like the second hour, or vice versa. And so it's become clear to me that the, when, when this gets podcasted, now it has to be two podcasts. It can't be one. Now, people could subscribe to both, but it has to be two. And so we've been talking about, well, what's the name for the second hour? And that's not an easy thing to do. It's really a complex thing. And branding is about trust, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, so if you go to our website, barbarianinthevalley.com, you will see a chart right there. You click on that and you can look at this chart. And Liz, you brought this chart into the mix. So can you talk to us about it? Yeah, I, I think um, I love this chart because it really, it's a it's kind of like one of these, uh, you know, old school uh, organizational, organizational charts. So trust is at the top. And the premise is that in order to build trust, trust depends on character and it depends on competence. Um, so, you know, it's both kind of who we are, the, the spirit that we embody our essence, and then it's also what we do and, and how we do it. So I, really, I, I just want to interject. I really love this chart for that reason, because trust is pretty amorphous, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like we know it when it's there with certain people at certain times, and then it's gone with the same person at different times. So, so when I read this chart and I saw how the, it delineated between uh, character as being one component uh, for how or why somebody will trust another and competency as another distinct component, I thought, ah, that makes a lot of sense that I hadn't really seen delineated before. So I just wanted to interject with that. Yeah, I, you know, thinking, you know, trust is amorphous, and I think one of the reasons it's amorphous is because we relate it to truth, and truth is subjective. <laughs> truth is a very complicated topic um, because it's partially related in one's perspective, uh, and so I think sometimes we get a little stumbled up on trust. There's a great quote, Robert Evans, uh, the producer, Paramount 
Productions, 70s, very famous, wrote that book, The Kid Stays in the Picture. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth, mm-hmm. and no one is lying. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite quotes. Go on, it's worth. So this, yeah, this boils trust down into character and competence. And um, under character, it lists intent and integrity. Intent is defined as caring, transparency, and self-control. And integrity is um, broken down into honesty, fairness, and authenticity. Uh, Competence is about capability, and it's also about results. So capability being skills, knowledge, and experience that one, one comes with, and results being about reputation, credibility, performance, um, you know, what actually comes about. Yeah, I mean, and we can really break down um, any situation. Norm and I were talking about this uh, situation uh, with a leader that we know who's a really good person. Mm. She has really good intentions. Um, yet, you know, there are... Uh, she's, she's not trustworthy because she almost wants to please mm-hmm. so much that she says yes all the time to uh, for who anyone uh, want to anyone who wants something so um so so this is interesting right yeah because if you look at intent her her caring is overwhelmed by her self control yeah. which is they're both under the same list actually right if you look uh, under character intent then caring transparency and self control her self-control isn't great, but she does care. I don't think there's anything malicious in, in what she's doing. I think of self-control as, um, and this is coming from the framework of emotional intelligence, right? Like emotional intelligence is divided into four quadrants and self-awareness being the first and self-management being the second, which I think of is, um, and that's how I saw this is like our ability to actually like control our emotions, mm-hmm. <laughs> to control our words and and our, um, take control of our own our own presence mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, which will really get tested with parenting, which you know, um, I, you know, it, it's just interesting. This whole topic is coming up, and you know, I, I was the one that suggested this. It's probably the most important thing in my life is to be trusting. And to be trustworthy. I mean, that might be the thing that I am working towards. And it includes very much this idea of self-control. You know, I have this very dedicated self uh, yoga practice and all this other stuff that I do is, mm-hmm. is basically f- towards that end. And yet, you know, my relationships, especially my small t- children, toddlers, t- children, you know, will, will trigger me to where I lose control. And of course like those primary relationships that we have are the foundation of our trust. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's just really, I just wanted to bring that, that up. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though, right? Cause I was like, I look at this chart and I think, you know, rarely if ever are we doing all of these things at the same time. It's really, it's like, this is maybe the epitome of like the most awesome human being ever. But so in this example of self-control, like, yeah, like when we, we lose it or we, we don't, you know, behave in the way that we want to all of the time, um, then this is where this piece around integrity comes in, I think, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do we repair afterwards? 
Mm-hmm. How are we accountable? How do we really show up authentically, you know, especially with a child and take responsibility for our own behavior and open up an honest conversation about that? Right, right. So can I ask you guys, I feel like there's a couple things missing on this chart. And they're, they're most important to, some of the most important to me is loyalty and discretion. Why is that not on this chart? Loyalty and discretion. Because I see how it can run contrary to this, honesty, transparency, but discretion is a key part of my trust. So what do you mean by discretion? Well, if I tell you something, I say, please don't share this. Yeah. It means you don't. Yeah. Or even if it's, even if you kind of be like, well, he didn't tell me not to share it, but I can kind of see that that wouldn't be something that he wouldn't necessarily want shared, and I'm not going to share it. Brené Brown um, has an acronym that she uses in her studies of trust, and this is the acronym of BRAVING, and the V in BRAVING stands for what she calls the VAULT, and this is getting at exactly this point, that we don't share information and experiences that aren't ours to share. And she talks about how human beings, like, often a way that they want to sort of hotwire connection, that's her phrase, which I thought was such a great one to hotwire connection sometimes with someone that we might not be that be that familiar with we share the experiences of other people we divulge mm. we gossip we um you know and, and it i don't i don't know that the intent is always bad but there's certainly a carelessness to that and it doesn't create trust mm-hmm. between you and that person because there's a triangulation that's happening which and in that triangulation of triangulating another human being that has nothing to do with that one to one dynamic that you're creating it's almost like you dilute that you know back to this idea of like being vulnerable being in connection being in presence with someone being seen for you and seeing someone for someone else, right? Like when we triangulate, we, we really come out of that one-to-one connection. Yeah, and if somebody is is talking about somebody else, you just know that that person someday is going to be talking about you. Totally. You know, we just intuitively know that. It does get filed in the back of the brain mm-hmm. often, unless everyone's playing the same game, you know, where there really isn't a lot of trust in that game. It's gossip is gossipy people with gossipy people. Here's the thing, like... I'm a, I, I have a background in organized crime, right? We know this. Oh, like, right. this is my true, true love is yep. organized crime. <laughs> and I actually think a separate episode, I actually think the mob is a really brilliant organizational structure. Huh. Uh-huh. Um, and you had actually been reading from this book, and it identified the mob as a certain color kind of structure, which I would take um, exception with, because in a lot of ways... The mafia is like a consultancy firm. Like there's autonomy and there's control. There's autonomy and control. But to me, when you say trust, it means can I trust you? Now, this might be different in the corporate atmosphere. But can I trust you? Are you going to be loyal to me? And it feels like this chart would reject that kind of idea of trust. But loyalty is important to me. It is important to me. And I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, ultra transparency is what I always want. There's sometimes that I need to trust you with a secret or like not to disclose this yet to the, the whole staff because it's going to have detrimental results. And mm-hmm. this is the sunny, happy chart, you know, but I don't think I, I'm wondering where discretion and loyalty is on this chart. It's just not there. Loyalty is such an interesting, you know, I just was thinking as I'm sitting here, there's this 
sort of conundrum I think we find ourselves in sometimes, which is like, do I trust you to make good decisions and to act on those decisions? Or do I trust you to do what I want? And I think that line is a little fuzzy, right? And so like we talk about loyalty and, and I think, you know, I, I too, like I value loyalty. And when I think about that, I think, you know, ultimately would I trust someone more if I knew that they were going to be loyal to me no matter what, like no matter what I did, that they were going to like sort of be there? Or do I trust someone who I think has like a strong moral compass, ethical rudder, and that if I was actually sort of going off the rails in some way, they were actually going to stick to that. And that might feel like an act of disloyalty, but it's a different kind of trust in someone's character. Did you want to chime in I on mean, that, I just Robin? think that that's really an important distinction. And, you know, this um, fixation on loyalty, I've always had, has confused me, you know, um, because... I think that I'm much more in the camp of Liz that um, I guess I'm loyal to principles and to uh, my own moral compass that more than I am to um, particular individuals. I can't expect, uh, I just don't, I just don't know. I'm just curious why this idea of loyalty has such a strong hold over you, I guess. Because to me, loyalty, like trust, allows you to build. Mm-hmm. It allows you to build something of value. So I'll talk to my daughter about loyalty. And I will talk to my son about loyalty when he's coherent enough to, talk, to understand that. <laughs> yeah, but to build something, you also need all of these other things in place. Sure. You really need to have a shared value set. You need to have a shared vision of what you're, so, of where you're going. What are we talking going? about? You don't think you should be loyal to your friends? I guess I just don't know what that means. Does that mean, you know... Uh, if someone talks against my friend mm. or my family, then I will talk back. Yeah, you know. I mean... If, if, even if, uh, if one of our kids did something horrible, you know, I wouldn't accept that, but I would be loyal to them and mm, supporting mm-hmm. them through whatever happened next. You know, I wouldn't hide them from consequence necessarily, but I would, I would still stay there steadily by them and say, I'm still your friend. I mean, I had a situation like that when I was in high school where I had to testify against one of my close friends. But I still picked him up for school every day right. until we had a falling out because I had to testify against him. Yeah, that was that wasn't. So my, how do you? I I, I mean, almost think what you're talking about actually is uh, like for me, you know, in my language, uh, sort of falls more under un- unconditional love. Like, mm-hmm. what is it to hold unconditional love for someone? Um, Perhaps, yeah. That's a, that makes a little bit more sense to me because this issue with your friend, you you testified against him and then he turned against you. And so then what? Are you still loyal to him or, or what? It's just like the well, situation. Well, I was loyal to him and, and I didn't dump him as a friend. He'd done something very wrong. Mm-hmm. I was also loyal to the principle of the law and also this person who had gotten hurt as a result of a car accident. So I don't have any... I didn't feel disloyal by testifying against him? Though that's a good question, actually, now that I'm reflecting on it. Um, because, again, it was, in principle, it was the right thing to do. But I was loyal to him in the sense that I didn't 
stop. I, I mean, I, I was his friend for the duration as long as he wanted to be a friend with me. Mm-hmm. And then when he stopped wanting to be a friend with me, I even understood that. You know, from his point of view, why would I be friends with this guy? This guy is testifying against me. So, yeah, it's not that I would get your back no matter what, but I would be with you. You know, mm-hmm. I would be with you no matter what, to, yeah, to a certain that, extent. That makes a lot of but sense. But I don't see that on the chart, but... Just saying, I could use a couple extra boxes there. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's interesting. Earlier in the week, we were talking about um, how a president runs his the White House, his or her wife, not her, her yet, but hopefully soon, um, runs the White House. And, um, you know, how much loyalty is needed to make that machine work and how much competency is made, needed to make that machine work. How much... You balance character with competency because there's some people who have excellent character, but they're not necessarily competent. And and similarly, I would say there's a lot of people who are really competent. I was just sort of feeling into you know an experience I've had before of like, um, uh, I guess the best way to sum it up is like, hey, if I'm on your goods, like if we're doing well, if if, if like I'm on your train, I can trust that the train is going to move. But I don't trust I'm going to stay on your train because I can't actually trust your character. So there's this, and I think that happens in organizations a lot. Like, oh, I'm part of a highly successful organization. Okay, as long as I'm like on the in, whatever it takes to be on the in, right? It's usually in those organizations around a, a, some form of achievement. As long as I'm on the in, I'm okay. But I can't trust anyone to like deeply have my back if for any reason. I stop being able to, to meet the criteria of, of performance right. or achievement. That's right. There's um, an interesting article about how Barack Obama has never endorsed Joe Biden for president, not mm. this time or the other time. Mm-hmm. And it was because they are friends. Like, they, the article paints a picture of Obama being very loyal to Biden as a person. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this, the competency side of Obama comes out, right? It's not the, it's not really the loyal side. It's the mm-hmm. competency thing where I think Obama's like, sorry, Joe, I don't really see it. You know, I don't, I don't really see it. it doesn't, the metrics don't work on this. Right. I'm not going to endorse you just because I love you and just because you're my friend and we went through the death of your son together and all of that really strong stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's part of me that's like, really? So it's so, I mean, I think this idea of trust, this is so what I think great, this is what great organizations really achieve, right? Which is like, I trust you to not only deliver on your promise, but like, I trust you to give me good customer service along the way, right? That's like the best experience you can hope for, I think, like as a, as a buyer, um, which comes down again to this character and, and competence. And I think like we've all known situations where it's like, oh, they're a really great person, but wow, it's been six weeks past the deadline. They still haven't delivered. I like, don't yeah. know if the project's going to get done or wow, you know, they delivered and like that went really, but, but it was hard. They're a hard person to work yeah. with. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I just want to say that somebody that, really does have strong character as well as strong competence is a really strong person, you know, and that is, um, I was trying to think, Hmm. so... This is an interesting, does come, I'm sorry, interrupted you, go ahead. She gave me that look. (laughs) I know it well, folks. (laughs) I was wondering, does, you know, and I'd be interested to hear what you guys think, or anybody else who wants to call. Ring, ring. Um, But, you know, can character be taught... And because competency, we know can be can be taught. We can we can teach 
skills, we can teach knowledge, we can, you know, garner experience, but can character really be taught? I, I think it probably can with with good teachers, but, um, and that's what Yogi Bhajan says. But. I think this is where we come back to this idea of whole person development, though, too, right? I think a lot of organizations focus on skill development and, like, um, and it's it's so true what we see in leadership is that people are people get hired for their skills they're really good at what they do then they get moved up the chain they become a leader and actually like their skills aren't what they're called to, they, they now have to manage people yeah. they actually have to be good at relationships which um, is a totally different which is skill a totally set. different skill set and this is where we get into um, you know more sort of personal growth and development versus skill development yeah. Um, and so, yes, I do think I do think it can be taught. I mean, we're talking. I'm talking about like a for people that um, like uh, excluding like whatever major personality disorders or you know other things uh, yeah. exist. These extreme factors, but um, I think you know self control and transparency um, and honesty can definitely be taught. And part of that is is helping people cultivate within themselves and their teams and their organizations conditions so that they can be vulnerable. I mean, again, so much of this re relates back to this idea of, of vulnerability. And challenge and well, creativity so and all that stuff. You also get these people fully they're not kids. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the hard part of doing this task. You know, people come to their professional life, they've got so much DNA has been stamped down in terms of character their weaknesses, their strengths, their vulnerabilities. It's a lot to unwind. Yeah, I mean, DNA, but also stories, right? We grow stories. up hearing yep. stories about who we are and, and what we can become and, and what our character looks like. And these create very strong grooves in the brain. And this gets back to this piece around behavior change, right? Which it does. It's, it's a big task as an adult to create behavior change because it takes... Commitment and consistency, commitment and consistency, commitment and consistency. And in order to have commitment and consistency, you have to have desire and passion and want Absolutely. and motivation. But it now, can speaking, be done. It can be done, everybody. Speaking of story and groove, it is time to wrap up the show. Now, yeah, I know it's been wonderful. I just want to ask you guys what's on the, sh on the front burner for the week for you, Liz. This is how we end the show. We talk about what's on our... What's next for us? What's next in my Either week? Either today or this week? This, this week, I am actually going to spend the next two days working with the Family Business Center that was started here at UMass, um, being part of their strategic planning retreat, cool. which is very exciting. Are you a facilitator? I am not. A fa I'm one of many people who are part of this retreat, and we're all doing some brainstorming and... Um, figuring out you know where the FBC Great. is headed so that's awesome I really enjoy doing that uh, doing that type of work so all right Robin what about you um, what am I doing I am putting together a website I am uh, you know just really trying to land this summer yeah we're trying to land this summer <laughs> definitely <laughs> I got US history too to create and the next week so it's definitely one of those it's feeling less the cold sweats coming down the back of my neck a little bit it's all gonna work out it always works out folks and it always works out you know why it always works out because you listen to this show and we're here every Sunday from noon to two and we're so happy to have you as our guest I want you to have a wonderful week and fall is around the corner and we look forward to serving you then 
Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.